Vielleicht sich da. It's the most wonderful time of the Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody love Christmas? Yes. Oh, praise God. What a wonderful time. Uh, I was uh, with Sister Debbie the other day, and I said, you know, I said, I'm going to create a Florida Christmas song. She said, oh, yeah, how's that? I said, well, let me see. The weather outside is frightening. We might get thunder and lightning. But there is no hope of snow. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Amen. Hallelujah. She looked at me and she said, you are crazy. I said, crazy for you. I, tell you, I do. I, I, I miss my co-pilot. And, and I'll tell you what I miss the most. And uh, I, I, I want to, again, say before I do this, before I take my coat off, let's pray for my coat because it's not going to be with us in service any longer today. Amen? Amen. But I'll tell you the most important thing that Debbie does, besides praying for me and, 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 and again, bouncing stuff off of me, she takes me home. And uh, when I get out of here, I mean, I don't know. I mean, some of you know how exhausting it is to preach, but I tell you, I try to give it my all. And, and the last time when I was here, I went out and got in that car. And before we got to the corner up there, I was out. And I didn't wake up until we pulled up in front of my house. Wow. I mean, I, I was so exhausted. But, you know, again, I, I believe in giving it my all. Amen? Amen. Because Jesus gave us his all. Amen. And I wanted to share with you this morning again, thank you for the invite. I appreciate it, Pastor Lyle. I don't take it lightly. I don't preach canned messages. I've got a message for you directly from God today that's not been preached anywhere else. Amen. And probably won't be preached anywhere else unless God calls me to preach it elsewhere. Amen. But I want to say this. Amen. Amen. The Bible says those are led by the Spirit of the sons of God. And, and you know, and you're exactly right. It's high time that we get beyond this intellectual message thing. That I gotta have something that's gonna soothe my emotions. But I want something that's gonna stir the spiritual man. That's gonna change the spiritual man. Hallelujah. Because I know that's what's most important. Hallelujah. Is that we go through this metamorphosis that we go through this change praise God and that change is that we become more like Jesus Christ Amen. and I want to say today before I get started this morning I want to bring you greetings from Pastor Chuck Smith Woo! my pastor in Fort Myers Florida Woo! at the Broadway Community Church I want to pray for them today because Amen. they're praying for us. Amen. 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 And, and, and again, it's a wonderful group of people, a, a culturally diverse body where there's zero strife. And, and, and I'll tell you, we've got a lot of people that just love Jesus Christ. Amen. Just Amen. the same as it is here. Amen. And I tell you, I feel the presence of God in this place. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'm so thankful because that really makes preaching easy. Hallelujah. Well, you know, when the prime, the pump is already primed, praise God, Pastor Lyle, you don't have trouble getting water up that well. Hallelujah. And I thank God that, that, that you're keeping this place primed. And I want to say this, that you guys have some wonderful pastors. Amen? Amen. Amen. I appreciate them. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, they're wonderful, wonderful people of God. And as I said this morning, I wanted to, to say that this is my most favorite time of the year. In fact, I kind of say it like this jokingly to my church. You know, we've got 14 days till Christmas and 379 till next Christmas. <laughs> Come on now. Come on. Right, For you right, mathematicians, right, check me out. Come on. Right. 
Come on. Hey, hallelujah. Because I tell you, I love this time of the year. Because what it is, it represents all that I'm about, hallelujah. Amen. And, and, and all that I've become. Amen. Oh, you see, when you guys were singing here, the that song, How Great Thou Art, it's a special song to me because it takes me way, way back. And uh and I didn't mean to say this this morning, but I feel led of the Spirit, too. Can I have that liberty this morning? Amen. You see, there was a time in my life <clears throat> when I didn't look forward to much. I was an unwanted child. I had two older brothers that were unwanted as I was. <clears throat> we didn't have <clears throat> anything but each other. Uh, our parents were very selfish people who decided that with their anger that they had toward each other, they would just leave us in the dust and go create new families and go off of them <clears throat> and, and not acknowledge us. And, and so Christmas used to be <clears throat> a pretty bad time of the year for me. You know, it wasn't because that we didn't get gifts, because we didn't. All right. I mean, where I, where I lived, I went to live with my grandparents, and I was told basically that, you know, I wasn't their responsibility and that, uh, you know, I had better do what I was supposed to do or else that luxury could be taken away. And it wasn't that they were trying to be mean. They were just brutally honest. They were poor folks. And, uh, and so, you know, we went to live with them and, and uh, um, after they got us out of the children's home. And <clears throat> I'll never forget, you know, I, I would see everybody talking about Christmas and and how, what a wonderful time of the year it was for everybody, but to me it was just another day. And uh, I always wished that I could experience Christmas like they did, but it just wasn't that way. And, you know, <clears throat> again, we had our needs met, but that's basically where it stopped. And as far as anything extracurricular, well, there, there really wasn't much, because like I said, it wasn't, it was because we were poor folks. And, uh, you know, um, I told Sister Debbie the other day, I said, you know, I said, I've got the ability to tell what's in a gift before I even open it. She said, how's that? I said, because it's a gift. Uh, you get it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you see, there weren't, there weren't a lot of gifts around our tree because, you know, basically, again, it was all about just existing. And, and I want to say this, that, that Christmas is much more than that. And the gift of Jesus Christ is much more than just salvation. Amen. Church, the gift of Jesus Christ is that gift that keeps on giving. Amen. And it does. Praise God, it just keeps Praise on giving. Yes. Well, see, once I got out on my own, I, when I turned 16, I was asked to leave uh, my house, not because I was bad. In fact, I was on the honor roll in school, and I was a sports standout athlete. And, uh, but I was in 10th grade, and... And my grandparents came to me and said, well, it's time for you to go. And I went from having a place to live to the homeless in just a few minutes' time. And that's a scary proposition when you get out into this world because, you know, there, there's, there's so much out there. And, and, and it's scary. But I remember going out into this world and the last advice that my grandfather gave me was, son, don't get yourself in trouble and go to jail because there's nobody coming to get you out. Wow. He said, I know you thought that I was hard on you. He said, but you're fixing to find out why because life is hard. Mm. <clears throat> and, and, and certainly it was. 
I remember when everybody else was having Thanksgivings and Christmases, a big treat to me was to go out and get a loaf of Wonder Bread. You remember Wonder Bread? Yeah. White Bread? It was the cheapest. Yeah. <laughs> I'd get that and some imitation turkey. Now, how do you imitate turkey? Yeah, it was the, 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 the I remember the title, the, the name of it was Bunting Imitation Shaved Turkey. Wow. And uh, I'd get that and I'd get a pack of mayonnaise that I'd find at, at a convenience store or anywhere I could find. And I'd have me a Thanksgiving sandwich and, uh, <clears throat> and then try to forget that everybody else was gathered around tables with families and, and things and, and, and it's lonely out there when you're on your own and uh, of course like I said here you know I'm in 10th grade in high school and I have no place to live and and, uh, and you know and, and, and nothing to do and it wasn't long before I started doing things that I shouldn't do and I remember one of the things one of the coping mechanisms that I found was was called whiskey you see you could get a bottle of whiskey from somewhere. You could drink that bottle, and when you fell over, it was the next day when you woke up. No longer was it Christmas. But you see, it was just a way to hide the pain and to hide, again, what, what I was feeling in my heart. But you know something? I was looking for something in the form of wrapping paper. I was looking for something that, that, that somebody could give me that was going to help me. But I'll tell you something, what I really needed was Jesus Christ. Amen. And, and you know, that song that we sang, How Great Thou Art, I'll never forget. I was a little child in church, and the first person that said that God was going to use me to preach this glorious gospel was a man named Larry Ferguson at Riverside Baptist Church in East Fort Myers. He came up to me, and I was just a little child. And, and he looked at me and he said, he said, son, God's going to use you. And he's got his hand on you. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm like, well, no, sir, you must be talking about somebody else because I'm a reject. Mm -hmm. You know, I knew what I was. See, it wasn't about red, yellow, black, or white. It was about where I was at. And I knew where I was at. I mean, I was realistic enough to understand that, that you, know, you know, when you're unwanted, I mean, really? You know, I mean, where's your place? Where, where's your value? And, and, and here, this man comes up to me and he says, I want you to sing a song in front of the whole church. I said, no way. <laughs> he said, well, it's not, I didn't ask you. He said, I'm telling you. And back where I come from, when you were told something, you did it. So I'll never forget getting up in front of that whole entire church and I couldn't even give them eye contact because I was nervous, I was scared to death. And I sang that song, How Great Thou Art. Amen. But you'd understand, Pastor Lyle, I didn't understand what it meant. I didn't understand how great God was because all I could see was what was around me. All I could see was what was happening to me. All I could see was how, again, there, there was nobody there to rescue me. But you see, Jesus was always there. Always. <laughs> the Bible says he's a friend that's sticking closer than a brother. Oh, praise God. But even though I did not realize it, that, that, that gift was there and it was offered up for me. I'm going to read a familiar passage of scripture this morning. It comes out of Luke and it's been called the Christmas story. Luke in the second chapter beginning in verse 1 down through 14. It goes like this. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus 
that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made by Cyrenius, was governor of Syria, and, and all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that they were there. The days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Amen. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And there suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. May I get an amen for the reading of God's word? Amen. Amen. And what a story. What a story this is. I mean, here, all the way from the, the time where Joseph learns that his promised wife is now pregnant and he knows that he's not the, the one who impregnated her. All the way to the point where now they've got to go to a special place where it was prophesied that this baby would be born. But did you know the ramifications of showing out in public when you're not married and you've got a big stomach on you? You see, by law back then, they would take you and stone you to death. You see, because you were corrupt. But you see, all of this plan of God had to come together. It had to come together in a special way. And make no mistake about it, everything that happened in your life truly can be to your best interest if you'll just trust in the Lord. Amen. If you'll just merely believe. Amen. It's like he said, brother, we don't need another intellectual message. What we need is an experience with God. He said, taste and see that I'm good. You know, I love Christmas because I love the food that goes with Christmas. Amen? Uh, come on. I'm telling you, Christmas is a wonderful holiday. And the food that goes with it is tremendous. But I tell you, the taste that I got wasn't for food. Now my insatiable desire, praise God, is for more of Jesus. Hallelujah. Because I tasted and saw how good he is. And he's great and greatly to be praised. Give him praise today. Hallelujah. <laughs> wow, what a gift. Amen. You see, 2 Corinthians 9, 15 says, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. You see, this gift is so precious, you can't even define it. You can't even define it in words. You see, a gift defined by Webster's is a thing given to someone without payment, a present, something given away as an expression or showing thoughtfulness, love, and affection. These gifts are designed to bring great joy or pleasure to the receiver. Now, I want to ask you today, do you find great pleasure in this gift that you've been given? 
Are you utilizing this gift every day, praise God? Because this is the gift, praise God, that just keeps on giving. And if you only got the gift of salvation, well, let me tell you something. You fell way short of the gift of God. Hallelujah. Because it's a whole lot more than your particular bailout of the problem, the current problem or situation that you're in. It's more than just salvation, praise God. This is the gift of God to man that we can have a relationship with him. Hallelujah. And that ought to excite you today. Oh, hallelujah. And that's what I've come to do is to try to excite you about the possibilities of this gift that keeps on giving. You see, this gift was costly. But make no mistake about it. People have said that he bankrupted heaven. Pastor Lyle, he did not bankrupt heaven. He gave it all, but praise God. I'm going to tell you something. When God gives all, there's plenty more left. Amen? And there's plenty more left than just this gift of salvation for you. And if that's all that you've got so far, today is the day, praise God, where we're going to open the eyes of your heart to see what God is doing for you. He's an ever-present power working in your life constantly. Hallelujah. You see, when I was out there in the world, getting drunk, getting high, trying to forget, let me tell you something. He was still there. Oh, don't don't think for a second. People try to tell you, oh, so you know your sin will separate. Yeah, it'll separate you from God. But that don't mean He's going to leave you, and that don't mean He's going to forsake you. You see, He was always there. That ever-present power keeping me from going over that cliff. Oh, hallelujah, because he knew the plans that he had for me. Jeremiah 29 and 11 tells me that now, but I didn't know that then. That God has plans for you, and his plans are to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a wonderful life and an expected end if you'll recognize the gift of God, which is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You see, after Larry Ferguson got me up there to preach or to sing, I had many others that come down the pipe that were telling me, hey, God's going to use you. It's not God's not going to use me. In fact, I'm pretty sure that God's ashamed of me and everything that I was doing because I, I'm not one of these people that say that I accidentally slipped into sin. No, i tell you something. I premeditated went into it head first because, you know, this is what I thought about life. And this is sad, but there's a lot of people this time of the year that are thinking down these same lines. You know, you're going to go through hell, and then you're going to end up there. What a sad statement. That you're going to go through hell and then end up there. Well, let me tell you something. Not if I have anything to do with it. I said, not if I have anything to do with it, praise God, because I'm going to go forth and I'm going to tell the truth of how he rescued me, how, praise God, he pulled me up out of that miry clay and he planted my feet on that rock to stay out Oh, yes, I'm telling you about this gift that keeps on giving, the gift of his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. You see, <laughs> the actual definition of gift is the transfer of something without expectation of payment. A gift is meant to be free. And make no mistake about it, this gift of God is free. Oh, hallelujah. If you'll just recognize it, if you'll, if you'll go for it, praise God. And I want to say this. I want to just cover three quick points this morning, and then we're going to move on and go with God's business. But the gifts that must, gifts must share three elements in order to make them effective. The first thing it has to do is the design of the gift makes it effective. 
The second thing is the delivery of the gift because it doesn't matter how it's designed. If it's not delivered, there's no go through with it. Then you can't partake of it. You understand what, what I'm saying here today? And the third point that I want to bring out today is the determination of the gifty to accept and utilize the gift that is given. You see, the first point I want to cover is the design of the gift God has given to us. The design of the gift. Ephesians 1, 3 through 5 says, Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. You see, this plan of salvation started way before you understood the concept way before you were ever even created. In fact, God said in his word that before the first building block of the universe was laid, the plan of salvation was already enacted, you see. So I want to tell you, church, Calvary did not catch God by surprise. It was his plan all the way along, hallelujah, to sacrifice part of himself so that you can have life and have it more abundantly so that out of your belly could flow rivers of living water so that you don't have to feel sorry for yourself, that you don't have to get drunk or high to feel something. But praise God, you can feel the presence of Almighty God in your life now if you'll just reach out and say, give it to me, Lord. Amen. Give it to me. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I'm talking about the gift that keeps on giving today. Yes. Oh, hallelujah. You see, the design of this gift was amazing. You see, the gifts that the wise men brought to Jesus they were gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And I want to tell you about why the reason they were gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold, first off, represented his kingship. And they were recognizing his kingship. The frankincense was the worship, praise God, that he was so deserving of for what he was about to do. And the myrrh was for his death in the morning because they knew that what was going to happen. You see, that this Savior which is Christ the Lord, was going to come as the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God that was going to be sacrificed for your sins, for my sins. Oh, praise God, what a precious gift. Oh, hallelujah, what a gift this is. You see, having predestinated us to the adoption by children by Jesus Christ to himself according to good, the good pleasure of his will, God enacted this plan of salvation. God knew from the beginning what was going to happen before he breathed that first breath, that ruach. That's what the, the, the Hebrew word for the breath of God is. Before he blew that ruach, that breath, the same breath that was that rushing mighty wind on that day of Pentecost, praise God, that breath of life, before he breathed it into the nostrils of Adam, he understood that man was going to fail. But he still created. You see, God understands. He understands rejection. He was rejected by the ones that were closest to him. He understands what it's like to not feel loved, appreciated, huh? To not have anything. As I said, I was preaching in a church not long ago, just a week ago, and I said, what would Jesus have lost during the hurricane? Nothing. You know why? Because he had nothing. Nothing. He had nothing. His house wouldn't have blown down because he didn't have one. 
His pillow wouldn't have blown away because it was a nothing. Yeah, find another one. Nothing. A dime a dozen. You see, he wouldn't have lost his coat because he already gave it up. Wait. Amen. You see what I'm saying? I mean, this is God understanding and knowing ahead of time. Praise God. He's just not reacting when the situation calls for it. Praise God. He is proactive. Hallelujah. And always has been and always will be. Give him praise today. <laughs> you see, from the beginning, he knew what was going to happen. Calvary didn't catch him by surprise. God knew, man, God knew man was going to fail, and he also counted the cost. First, whether or not we would be worth it. Then, what it was going to cost for our redemption. You see, that's why he can boldly say, Greater love hath no man. Not because you loved him, but he loved you first. Yeah. He loved me when I didn't know that he loved me. Does that make sense to you now? You see, the Bible says in John 3, 16 and 17, For God so loved the world... That he gave. Say that with me. He gave. He gave. And he continues to give. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, and I can't stop there, Pastor Lyle. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Amen? You see, this was God's plan. This God's plan wasn't that I'd have a miserable life and then go to hell. No, he wouldn't have sacrificed his only begotten son if that had been his plan because it would have been a sacrifice for nothing. You see, God takes no pleasure in sin. He takes no pleasure in sin and what sin does to his children. And I'm going to tell you what sin does. It kills, it steals, and it destroys. But the gift of God, praise God, just keeps on giving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> You see, it was God's design to save man because God thinks you're worth it. Look at your neighbor and say you're worth it. You're worth it. You see, let me tell you something about this special time of the year. Do you know this special time of the year? Suicide rates are at an all-time high. You know why? Right. Because they don't know they're worth it. No. That nobody's told them that they're worth it. You see, the Bible says you're to give freely the gift that was given to you. And what you've got to do is you've got to go out there and tell people that they're worth it. Hallelujah. That they're worth something. Hallelujah. That they're loved and appreciated. This, that most people at this time of the year, when they don't have anybody, when they don't have anything, it's easy for the devil to come to them and say, nobody wants you around. Hey, I've heard it before. Loser. Nobody wants you around. Let me tell you something. That's a lie. Amen. That's a lie straight out of the mouth of the, the father of all lies. Because Jesus Christ wanted you so much he was willing to die on a cross for your sins. Not on the assurance you wouldn't accept him, but the possibility you might. To give you that opportunity. He gave you your own free will. But I'll tell you something. Most people are making decisions on flawed information. Flawed information. Right. You see, suicide rates today in 2022 
have replaced homicide as the second leading cause of death in teenagers. Wow. You know who teenagers are? They're not the church of, of, of tomorrow. They're the church of today because without them, there is no tomorrow. You understand what I'm saying? And here, suicide rates are at an all-time high. The, the rise of depression during the Christmas season, it's, it's unfathomable. I mean, we're out here festive as Christians. We're all happy and all, we're having all kinds of things. Oh, we're having a cooking. We're having a, a, a meal at the church. We're doing this. We're doing that. But some people are planning in the end. They're planning on checking out. And what a horrible contrast that is. But you know something? Church, you have the power. I said you have the power with this gift that's been given you to praise God to intervene. Let me tell you what happened to me recently. I was driving down the road and you know, all of a sudden my truck started to pull into a place. Now for you guys that don't know, I'm a builder. I'm a general contractor. That's how I make my living. That's how I live indoors and eat food. Because the church doesn't, church doesn't pay me to do what I do. But I'm driving down the road, and there's this big house in Fort Myers. Big house. I mean, this thing is so big that they're talking about possibly making it into a, uh, a, a medical system thing. Okay, but this man built this house, and I remember when he called me to come over and do work on this house, and I went over and did work on the house, and everything was fine until it come time for him to pay. Wow. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. That ain't good. Oh no, no it's, not good. It's, it's certainly not good when, when when the wolf sets your door, and you got to pay for materials that's in his house. And you know, I'm driving by there and it had been about a year, a year and a half since the, and it had, the house had went into foreclosure and it was all on the news and everything. This big giant house was, I mean, he had ponds and pools, indoor, outdoor, all kinds of, and anyway, I feel my truck pulling that way and I'm like, no, uh-uh. I'm not, I don't even want to look that direction, you know? Because it was a, it was a sore spot. But you see, all of a sudden, my truck began to pull into this place. And I pulled into this place, and I looked, and what was once a, I mean, I'm talking about a kept up, beautiful place, like Mr. Miyagi's Gardens or something. You know, trim, there's limbs hanging down. This place looks deserted. And I pull up in front of the house, and I look up, and the house was never finished completely. Here comes this crazy woman out on the balcony in her underpants and her brassiere and a broom and she is cussing me forever being burned wow. well you know my natural incl inclination is slam on the gas right yeah but you know something i slammed on the gas and nothing happened so I, i'm like lord what in the world have you got me here for? This lady comes, she says, hang on a minute. She comes running down to the to the window of my truck. She's rearing that broom, fixing to whack me with this broom. And I and I, I got the window down. I'm trying to roll it up, and I can't even get the window to roll up. Wow. What in the world's happening here, Pastor? I looked at her and I said, Miss Atchery. That was her their last name. Wow. Because I recognized it was the owner's wife. 
but she didn't look like she did before. I mean, back then she had, you know, probably a couple hundred dollar hairdo and mm -hmm. you know, all the, the manicure, pedicure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but 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 I'll tell you what she had now. She had she had underwear. And I, and I wasn't real comfortable being there in her and her underwear, and I wasn't real comfortable with that broom either. I wanted to run. But I, as I said, Miss Hatchery, Miss Hatchery, she looked at me and she said, Nick? And I said, yes, ma'am. She goes, well, there ain't no money, and you ain't going to get no money. This house is in foreclosure. My husband left. She started going into a laundry list of details of things that had happened. And she said, and just... A month ago, I fell off the ladder on my head trying to trying to get a light where I could see something. And she said, and, and they just let me out of the hospital. Wow. And, and she says, and I was just about to go inside and stick a gun in my mouth and end it all. Wow. I said, no, ma'am. She said, what? I said, stop. She said, why? I said, because God loves you. Amen. And I do too. And I don't want to see that happen. Glory. I said, look, if it'll lighten your load any, you know the money that you owe me? Consider it paid in full. Because you don't owe me nothing. But please, ma'am, don't make, don't make this permanent solution to a temporary problem. Come on. So she said, come inside. Man, I'm a preacher. I can go inside with a woman in her underwear. <laughs> God, what are you doing to me? I'm going to tell you something right now. If I had sin in my heart, it would have been wrong. But I didn't. So I went in that house with her. And I bent down on that floor and I began to pray. God, give her the strength. Give her the sanity. Praise God to realize. Open the eyes of her heart to realize how much you love her. Amen. You see... I had been there. I had been to the point of desperation. No, I wasn't ready to take my life. But I'm going to tell you something right now. I understand what it's like to be hopeless. I understand what it's like to feel like nobody cares. I know what it's like to feel destitute, bankrupt. But I'll tell you something right now. God brought me out of that horrible, awful pit. And you know something? That day, he brought that woman up out of that horrible, awful pit. Give him praise. You see, data, in fact, okay, are nothing but numbers on a paper. And that say, I say this, we have the power, church, to change those numbers. Huh? Are you with me? Are you with me, praise God? Because that's what we need to do. We need to change these numbers. We need to understand the reason for the season. The reason for the season is not peppermint candy. It's not fudge. It's not hot chocolate. It's not gathering around with family and, and give, giving presents to one another. It's about celebrating the life, the birth, the death of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. The gift that keeps on giving. Hallelujah. Give Him praise. Hallelujah. You see, he's the reason for the season. Oh, hallelujah. It's not Dur Santa Claus. It's Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. But you see, the design of the gift was to keep on giving. And he didn't want to just stop at salvation. What he wants to do is complete you. Do you understand that? 
He wants to complete you and make you whole and entire, wanting nothing. Because you don't have to want for anything when you've got everything. And I'm telling you, when you got Jesus Christ in your life, you don't want for nothing. Huh? Because everything is possible to you that believes. Everything is at your access. You can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. You're more than conquerors. Hallelujah. And nothing, nothing can come against you. Oh, not death. Not, 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 not the things, the perplexing problems of this world. But the second point that I'd like to bring out today is this. It's not what just the design of the gift, but it was the delivery also. You see, this gift did not come by ordinary means. This, came, this gift came by supernatural ones. The virgin birth was impossible in the natural. But you see, nothing's impossible to God. And God had supernatural plans for a supernatural event that was going to change the world. The birth of a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. <laughs> you see, that's why the world missed it. You see? The world was expecting when the Lord comes, he's going to step out of a fiery chariot led by some, some uh, triple crown winning stallions, breathing fire possibly, bulging with muscles, a giant sword in one hand and a big shield in the other, ready to do battle. They didn't expect a baby. They didn't expect a baby. They didn't expect the baby to come and to be born in a barn. I mean, come on. This wasn't even the Holiday Inn. They had no room for him in the inn. So how could this poverty-stricken child who was born under sketchy means be our Savior? Huh? You see, God chooses unconventional means to accomplish his will. And if you're not attentive to the word and the will of God, you're going to miss it. You understand what I'm saying? That's why they missed it. Because this babe came wrapped in swaddling clothes. He wasn't in the finest fleece. He didn't have a crown with jewels upon his head. You see, that's what man would have done. Man would have adorned a Savior like that. But God said, that's not what you have need of. You don't need a king. You need a king of kings. Hallelujah. <laughs> you see, you're going to need a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. But see, they were expecting something different. That's why they doubted that this kid from Nazareth, what, what, what good come from Nazareth? Huh? Could be anything. I mean, that's where the poor people live. That's not the, the high class part of town. Huh? But I'm going to tell you something right now. You look everywhere Jesus went. He didn't choose to hang out with the rich folks, did he? Huh? He didn't come and want to just banquet with the church folks, did he? Huh? Why do you think that is? Because he knew he could do the most good praise God out there on the back of a horse, hallelujah, or a camel, doing what God had called him to do. And that's get on that mission, praise God. And it's time that the church, praise God, got back out of this comfortable building and got back out there on our camels and become nomadic in nature, praise God. We're supposed to be strangers in a strange land just passing through instead of setting up a homestead and saying, hey, build of dreams. If we build it, they'll come. That's not the way that it is. Huh? That's not the way that it is. You see, God chose these unconventional means, not for trickery, 
but to be plain and very blatant and very out in the open. You see, Jesus was never trying to trick them with these parables. What he was trying to do was break it down so they could understand it because they refused to understand what he was telling them. I mean, they didn't even understand it when he said, hey, I've come here and I'm going to be put to death. Oh, far be it for you to be put to death on my watch, Peter said. What did, what did God say to him? Get thee behind me, Satan. You're an offense. You see, God's plan was simple. And this, this was God's plan. You were in need of a Savior, and he would provide one. Now, he would be one. Huh? And what is a Savior? Church, what is a savior? But somebody that saves somebody from what? One thing or all things? You see, and that's what he's come to do, to save us from our sins, to save us from our shortcomings, to save us from getting trapped up into Christmas and making Christmas become tinsel instead of what God designed it to be. You understand that this tree is not the signification of this tree and all the beautiful stuff on it. This is the tree that Jesus Christ would be crucified upon. Didn't have all them fancy limbs and lights. What it had was blood. Huh? Nails. It was ugly. We kind of dolled it up and made it a lot more palatable. In fact, I was in a church not long ago, and they had this scarf wrapped around the cross. And the scarf, the scarf was maroon. And I looked at that cloth and I thought to myself, you see how we toned it down? Blood's too horrifying to look at. We don't want that reminder that there was blood. No, so we'll just make it kind of maroon, garnet, some other kind of name. Make it look like old blood, maybe. So it doesn't really remind us. But what, let me tell you something. What can wash away your sins? And what color is that blood? Huh? Is it maroon? No, it was red. You see? That's right. Don't make no mistake about it. This gift... <laughs> That God was going to give. He was going to deliver it in the proper way. You see, God's method of delivery is unimaginable to the logical mind. But this is not a natural battle, church. It's a spiritual one. And what really matters is, is in Isaiah 9 and 6, For unto us is a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Oh, hallelujah. You see, God's means of delivering this child to man wasn't going to be conventional. It wasn't going to be ordinary because this wasn't an ordinary child. This wasn't an ordinary gift, praise God. This was the gift of all gifts and the gifts that keep on giving. Now, the third and final point that I want to make today is is this that it does not matter how God, what you know, how He designed the gift? It does not matter how He delivered the gift. It really matters whether or not you've accepted that gift. Are you determined to receive that gift from God? Are you just content with that one-time gift, that gift of salvation that we spoke about? Because there's so much more. He's more than just a bailout church. You see, we covered that it was God's design to mastermind his perfect plan of salvation so that we could have life in lieu of death. God's design was that through his redemptive work, we could be restored, refreshed, and renewed, that we could have a do-over. Anyone here 
you ever needed a do-over? Huh? I did. And I thank God that he allowed me one. You see, maybe you need a do-over right now. That's also doable, church. You see, we covered that God's delivery was not in the line with conventional thinking, but this was not an ordinary predicament that the man found himself in. This was not a small crime that was committed. This was sin. And God knew that sin would separate us from him for eternity. You see, drastic means calls for drastic measures. But God, God knew man's limitations, but he also knew his capabilities. Amen. Oh, this ought to be getting you excited today. Hallelujah. That one drop of his precious blood could wipe away the sins of all mankind. God's delivery was right on time, church. But the value of a gift can only be fully understood after it is accepted. After it's fully open to reveal what's inside, God's not trying to force himself on us, nor is he attempted to coerce your will. What he's trying to do is show you his perfect love in this imperfect world. He's trying to show you, as it says in John 15 and 13, that greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You see, I'm confident of this. You know what the big, biggest penalty of hell is going to be? It's not going to be fire. Not going to be brimstone. It's going to be eternal separation from God. And what you, what's going to happen is you're going to realize during that time period how God really did love you, because your eyes are going to be open to the whys and the wherefores and why things happen the way that they happen. You'll see how many times that God tried to intervene and tried to show you, hey, there's another way. And, 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 you know, I love what Jesus said. He didn't say, I'll tell you the way. He said, I am the way. Huh? That's right. He said, if you'll just do three things. He said, if you're just willing to deny yourself, if you're willing to pick up the cross, and if you're willing to follow me. But where did he go? He went to death. And that's what he requires of us. You see, church, he's wanting you to die to the flesh. So that you can come alive in the spirit. Amen. Amen. Because he knows what's happening to this flesh. This flesh is starting to decay. It's starting to get older. It's starting to starting to, it's starting to droop. It's starting to sag. Oh, but I'm going to tell you something right now. What he's wanting you to do is die to flesh. So that you can come become alive in the spirit. Praise God. And the spirit of God. Oh, will have you doing things that you never thought possible. You see. That's why he said the greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends because he loves you. You understand that? Yeah. You see, there was this song called The Love of God by Frederick Lehman. He wrote it in 1917, I believe, and it starts out like this. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen could ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star. <laughs> and it reaches to the lowest hell. I've been there. I've been in that little hell. And I'm going to tell you something right now. It was not a fun place to be. But the love of God reached where I was at. Praise God. He came to me. Oh, as he'll come to you, as he'll come to anyone, praise God, that will accept this gift, this precious gift from God. Oh, hallelujah. You see, let me give you a little background on that song, The Love of God. You know where the inspiration of that song came from? Frederick Lehman and his daughter were cleaning out a cell in an insane asylum. There was an old lemon crate up against the wall. 
And they pulled that linen crate out to take it and throw it away after this man had died. And they found there scribbled on the wall with an old piece of a pencil this song about the love of God. You see, he didn't have a lot to thank God for because look where he was at. I mean, he's in an insane asylum. You might as well say he was in prison for, for mental people, people that were not in control of themselves. And here the love of God came to him where he was at. And he penned a song that will never die about the love of God. You see, because the love of God will endure, church. Things will come and go. Christmases will come and go. I bet you can't even probably remember half of the things that you got for Christmas last year. But I'll tell you something right now. I want to put it right into your thought process now. Okay, what you've got for Christmas this year, praise God, is Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. What a precious gift. You see, <laughs> the presence of God was with that man, even in his bleakest hour, in one of the worst possible places you could be at. Believe me, these insane asylums is where they used to go in, and they would, if they couldn't control you, they'd go through your nose and, and cut the frontal part of your brain out and call it a lobotomy. Okay, or they'd shock you to the point where you would die trying to control your behavior, or you'd just die there. So, you know, God came to him where he was at, and that's why it says in 1 John 4.10, here is love, not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. This truly is the gift that keeps on giving, church. <laughs> the gift of his only begotten son. I need a couple of volunteers. All right, what I want you to do is come, come on, I want you to pick out a gift. <clears throat> Hold up now. Hold, hold, hold. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you pick that gift? Pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty nice looking at it. Everybody has red on. I want to be like all them. <laughs> pick up your gifts and show it to everybody. That's kind of interesting. What is that? A sock? Mm -hmm. And some, some old shirts. <laughs> all right. I want you guys to open these, these gifts up. And starting with you, my brother, I want you to read the first line of what this gift contains. This gift contains forgiveness. Forgiveness. Yeah, what a gift. Huh? Let me tell you something right now. I did a lot wrong. I needed a lot of forgiveness. And praise God, he was just to forgive me. And when I came to him, sins confessing and believing in my heart, he didn't cast me down, but he gave me forgiveness. Now, what does your gift say? Guilt and shame. You see, the polar opposite of, of forgiveness is the guilt and the shame that we have to carry. You see, and, and as, as you probably already figured out, this, this present is what the world gives you. And it's beautiful on the outside, but not necessarily so much on the inside. Now, this gift, it's wrapped in swaddling clothes and probably not one that anybody would pick. But it doesn't matter about the outside. It matters what's on the end. Let's read that second one. Protection. Protection. Oh, man. You see, there is a wolf at the door. And he's in sheep's clothing, and he wants to he come but for to kill, to steal, and destroy, and take everything from you. But you see, if God be for you, as I said before, who could be against you? Amen. Now what you got, brother? Vulnerability. Vulnerability. You see, when you have no protection, you're vulnerable. 
And make no mistake about it, just because you're vulnerable doesn't mean that the storms are not going to come. Because they're going to come. And, and, and if you're prepared, praise God, you won't be standing out there vulnerable. Now, what's your next thing? Fulfillment. Fulfillment. Oh, man, that goes back to, again, the 23rd Psalm, where he said, The Lord is my shepherd. Amen. I shall Amen. not want. Why, church? Why wouldn't I want? Because I already have. Hallelujah. And when I have, I don't need to want for it. Praise God. I've got it. Now, tell me what yours says. Hallelujah. Constant hunger. Constant hunger. You see, the world makes a bunch of promises. And there's pleasure in sin, but it's for a season. You see, and make no mistake about it, I've been there. If anybody could have been happy in the world, I would have been. But I'll tell you something right now. It always left me hungry. It always left me feeling empty. Amen. 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 And that emptiness, praise God, I tell you, can be, can, can be controlled, praise God, with that fulfillment of God. Healing provision. Healing. Amen. Healing. Hallelujah. What's healing worth? Glory. Well, let me tell you something. You've got to realize the Hallelujah. state of your sickness before you understand what healing's worth. And he come to heal to the uttermost. Hallelujah. He come to heal. Praise God. So that you can be complete and entire. What's your sickness? Sickness. You see, the polar opposite of healing is sickness. And the problem is the world doesn't know how sick it actually is. And it certainly doesn't know how to get better. But I'll tell you, we know, praise God, the prescription. Amen? And that is John 3, 16 and 17, as I read before. And if we'll get out here in this world, praise God, we can tell this world how to be healed. Hallelujah. Okay? Now go ahead and provision. 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 That means that he's provided what I haven't asked for. Yes, but he's already provided. You see? God knows the very intent of the heart. He knows your thoughts before you think them. He knows what lies ahead even when you haven't got there yet. Amen. I had an old woman out in Alba one time when I was, where I used to go to church. And, and one time she, she, uh, she got up and she said they were giving this, this testimony service. And she was saying how, how thankful she was for God. And she said, God, I want to thank you for carrying me safely through that intersection. And I thought to myself, how peculiar. Now, she didn't know if somebody was going to wreck into her or not. But you know something? She was thanking God ahead of time for what she didn't even know. And you know something? How many times has God kept us safe and we didn't even know about it? Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. And what's your say? Always lacking. Always lacking. You see, if you don't have enough, you certainly can't give enough away. Give nothing away. But we're supposed to be full. See, not just full of the Holy Ghost, but full of everything. Praise God. We're what this world needs in order to get to Jesus Christ. Are you willing to be that? Are you willing to be what God has called you to be? And that's that bridge, praise God. That bridge over troubled water, hallelujah. That hand up, praise God. Not just a hand out, but a hand up to somebody, praise God, that, that's down in the ditch. Oh, what's your next one, brother? Contentment. Contentment. Oh, man. To be content and entire. How how much value does that have, huh? You know, Debbie asked me the other day, she says, What would you like for Christmas? I said, To see the entire world safe. She goes, No, I'm talking about a gift. I said, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't I don't need anything. 
But I don't want anything other than that. God, please give me that. Please give me that. And what does yours say? Severe longing. Severe longing. You see, this world's got a severe longing in their soul, and they don't understand what this longing is for. And they're out there trying today to satisfy with a substitute. And I'll tell you right now, you cannot substitute for anything for Jesus Christ. Joy. Joy. You see, I'm not talking about just joy where you're elated about something. I'm talking about that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. You see, this is the joy that Nehemiah was talking about in Nehemiah 8 and 10, where he said the joy of the Lord, praise God, has become my strength. Hallelujah. Now I know, praise God, that my Redeemer liveth, and I know that all things are possible, praise God. Let's do it, praise God. Let's adopt that mentality that Caleb had when he said, I'm as strong today as the day that you sent me. Let's take this land. Hallelujah. The opposite of joy is heartache. Hallelujah. You see, the world's heart is aching right now. And you've got the ointment. And the ointment is that word of God that sends you, praise God, on the mission to apply that ointment directly where it needs to be. Like a healing salve, praise God. You see? I mean, wouldn't it be kind of ridiculous if I said, you say, what's the problem? I said, I got this cut on my knee and you put oil on my head. (laughs) Come on, church. You see what I'm saying here? We can get so spiritual. We can get so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. And I'm saying that we've got to be earthly good, praise God, because he's called us, praise God, to be the provision that this world needs, to be his hands and feet, praise God, to be his arm extended, hallelujah, to a world that's hurting and dying and needs help. I've been there. I've floundered in that sea of despair, Pastor Lyle. I've been this deep and felt like I wasn't going to be able to get another breath. But all of a sudden I bumped into something. And that was that solid rock that's Jesus Christ that was higher than I. Oh, praise God. When I felt the stability of that rock, oh, brother, I'm going to tell you something. I grabbed hold of it. Oh, hallelujah. And no longer am I sinking in the sea of despair. Oh, but I can breathe. Hallelujah. And I'm alive forevermore. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Peace. 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 Wonderful peace. Coming down from the Father above. What is peace most valuable? When you need it. Huh? Let me tell you, we can talk about peace, we can sing about peace, and it's easy to whistle a tune in the noonday when things are going bad, going good, but when things turn bad, when things turn ugly, that determines whether or not you've got the peace of God that passes all understanding. Amen. You see, that's why he called himself the Prince of Peace. peace. Praise God. Hallelujah. Anxiety. Anxiety. The opposite. Of peace is anxiety. You see, anxiety makes you forget everything. You forget how to do the simplest little things. You'll forget the promises of God. You won't eat. You won't do anything. You won't sleep. It'll paralyze you with fear. It will captivate you. It will hold you down. It will oppress you to the point to where you give up. But I'll tell you something right now. That's not the peace that Jesus gives. 
Oh, that peace that passes all understanding. Praise God. You won't even know where it's coming from, but you'll feel it. Praise yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. You say, yeah, there's a storm at your door. There's a wolf at the door. Yeah, so what? I've got the peace. Amen. The peace of God. Amen. Love. Woo! Love. Now, that's a big one right there. Love. You see, Amen. God Amen. so loved this world Amen. that he gave. There's nobody can sit here and tell me that they're not loved. You know, and that's what people are saying when they're, when they're suiciding out. They're saying, nobody loves me. Yes, they do. And that's not just God, but that's me. You see, when I went by Miss Atry's house, I told her about the love of God, but I also told her about the love that was in my heart for her. And she couldn't understand it because, after all, she knew I should hate her. By natural means, I should have hated her. But you know something? I don't hate her. I love her. And I thank God that I never read in the newspaper where she took her life. Praise God. So I know she's out there somewhere. And I know that the word of God that I implanted in her heart, praise God, is going to have resounding residual effects. Oh, hallelujah. Bitterness. Bitterness. The polar opposites. You see, what the world gives you in replace of love is bitterness. That's where I was at. Bitter. Because everybody else is having Thanksgiving dinner. Everybody else is gathered around with family and having Christmas. I didn't have that. So I just get bitter and drink it away. Wake up the next day with a headache. But it wasn't Christmas anymore. So, you know, maybe I got a headache, but I traded the heartache for a headache. But I had to get away from that heartache. And that's what the world's wanting. They're wanting to get out of this bitterness. They're wanting to get away from this. They want to feel the love of God. Hallelujah. Hope. Hope. You know, the Bible says we're saved by hope. What is hope? You can't see it. You can't smell it. You can't taste it. You can't touch it. But you can sure feel it. Huh? You know, the Bible says we're saved by hope. Hope. Hope in Christ Jesus that he did the work on that cross. That when he bowed his head and said it's finished, it was finished, praise God. And that we could have, again, acceptance with the Father by way of Jesus Christ. And the love that he has for us. Hopelessness. Hopelessness. The opposite of hope is hopelessness. You ever been there? Yes. You ever been, you ever felt hopeless? Like there's no hope for me. Nobody cares. Nobody loves me. There's nothing for me. Let me tell you, all that's a lie. You hear me? Because Jesus Christ loves you. And he, and he loves us all. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, hallelujah. I have a friend. I have to tell the story right now. I have a friend that I talked to just another night on Messenger, Facebook Messenger. He told me he's going through some things right now. He's got. To, he's going to get put out of his place because a girl stole his two thousand dollars. And I just said, brother, I'm here for you. I had a prayer pray for my brother. I said, brother, don't give up on me now. I said, Lord Jesus, bless him. I said, I, I know you. I know you. I know who you are. I said, Lord, bless him, Lord Jesus, right now. I just spoke to him a couple nights ago, and I just said, Lord, bless him. You see, Christmas is not about receiving. Christmas is about giving. Amen. 
You see, but you got to give in order to receive. And, I, and, and, and Jesus Christ showed us this, that he was willing to give it all so that we could have it all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Last word? Found. Found. What's the opposite of found? Lost. 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 You see? It's a wonderful thing to be found. It's a wonderful thing to know. Again, thank you guys. You can be seated. It's a wonderful thing to be found because in order to really appreciate being found, you have to realize how lost you were. You ever been lost? Let me tell you what it's what 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 happens when somebody's lost. You know, it's human nature to go in circles. That's why we get compasses because the compass can keep us from going in circles. But man's natural inclination is to just circle, and what we do is we just keep going by the same places over and over. We're lost, we're lost, we're lost until Christ gives us, praise God, direction. And then we're found. We're found. We're found. We're found. I said we're found. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. The opposite of lost is found. And I thank God that he found me. I thank God that he came. Yes, give him praise today in the house. Here in his love, as I said before, not that we love God, but he loved us and sent. He sent his son <laughs> to find us. Church, let's celebrate being found this year. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's celebrate, praise God, the real meaning of Christmas. And let's find, let's help find somebody else. Amen? Amen. Huh? Let's, let's, let's invite Jesus Christ. Okay, in, into our parties, into our celebrations, and praise God. And let's invite somebody else if you can. You see, this gift that I'm talking about, and I'm ending it now, is truly the gift that keeps on giving if you will accept it. And I want to say this to you all Merry Christmas to all. And to all, good night. Amen. Let's give Nick a round of applause. Let him know how much we love him. Thank you for that message. And we just want to say, if anybody would like, you know, you, you've fallen away, you have, you're just running on a tough time, come up, we'll pray with you. Whatever it is, we, you know, faith, right? Step out in faith. Whatever you're dealing with today, that God will meet it. 